0: When I came back, I um, came back and tried to play for about an hour, and immediately when I put the horn to my chops, um, it was just very painful, right? The same place in the upper lip. I didn't know what was going on. I'd never experienced pain like that. But that pressure for the ensembles and uh, you know, performing well in auditions was still there. And um, uh, unfortunately, I made the decision to just play through it. because it's usually when we try to do that, try to put an artificial timeline on our recovery that that's when most of the um, uncomfortableness comes. And so the peace comes when we take away our artificial timeline. You know, the logo for my show, for, for our show, is, um, is a plant you know, that's growing, and you can't rush a tree growing. And sometimes that tree gets, has to get cut back a little bit, which is an uncomfortable, which is an uncomfortable experience. But the principle is is that that pruning and that growing, even though it takes time, and it is not the most comfortable experience. It will ultimately make the tree stronger. What my hope is, as I'm sharing all of this to you, um, is that you can see how. This experience that you have been given um, in your injury has been a gift for you, that it is something that you can use to your advantage, that it's actually the um, stepping stone to you becoming your best self. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, I wanted to just have a one-on-one with you and share my own story with injury. Um, because this is the reason why we have the show in the first place, I guess, um, it is because of my, uh, experience with my own injury. And, uh, it has to do with a lot with, um, my lifestyle that I was living actually, um, before I got injured. And I think there's a lot that I hope can, can be of help to, to the rest of you, um, as I, as I share it. So really, when I got to, so I'm a student at Brigham Young University and I'm just finishing up there right now as as we're recording this. Um, and when I got to BYU, I uh, came from a small town in Pennsylvania, where the music program was uh, was small and and uh, wasn't as well supported. And so when I came to BYU, and it's a, it's a Division One school in sports and, and it's well funded. It's it's very well known for its music program as well. Um, I was kind of like a kid in a candy store. And so when I when I got there, I took every opportunity that was thrown to me. And you know, I was in, I think, four or five ensembles my first semester as a music, music education student. And I uh, just, you know, I was working a custodial job that got me up at 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, something like that. And, um, you know, practicing until 11 o'clock at night and then, going to bed closer to midnight um, and uh but I was loving life you know it was it was uh it was very cool to be busy, especially at the beginning of the pandemic when uh most people couldn't perform at all and um, I remember my first gig that I got hired for in Salt Lake City was a, a show a uh, musical, and I remember wondering why like people were clapping and then realizing that because there was actual live people in the audience and not just me playing for a camera. Um, anyway, so after my second year, my second year of college was incredible from a, from a, from a trumpet standpoint, cause I had been able to solo with our symphonic band. Mm. I had been able to go to, to New York and participate in the jazz, uh, competition at jazz Lincoln center called the Jack Rudin uh, collegiate championship, um, with our big band synthesis and our, um, uh, um, there were other things going on like, uh, I played some really exciting concerts on campus. And then the, the most exciting thing for me that I worked really hard to prepare for uh, was our, our, we have a New Orleans style uh, jazz band called the BYU Jazz Legacy Band here on campus. And that was my favorite group to play with. And I always put my heart and soul and, and a lot of sweat and chops into that, uh, into that group. And we were invited to play at the Umbria Jazz Festival in Italy. Um, and that was going to take place over the summertime after my my second year, and so I started just doubling down on my practicing. Um, I started practicing four hours a day um, before I was probably practicing about two, and then you know rehearsals for two to four hours every day. And over the summer, while we were prepping for that, I was really focusing on on just getting better. You know, as as we all should, right? but that, that pattern of my lifestyle hadn't changed, right? I wasn't getting enough sleep. I wasn't seeing my friends. I wasn't, um, really taking care of myself at all, actually. Um, and I remember at some times feeling kind of trapped by that, by that, uh, by my instrument, I guess. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that at some points when, when we're not taking care of the rest of our life. Um, and, uh, so anyway, we go to Italy and have a wonderful time there. It, I felt like like this is what it's like to be a touring musician, I guess, because we played five nights of shows um, in five different cities, um, and five nights in a row. And that was a very new experience for me, but I loved it. Um, and uh, and then when I got home, after about a week and a half, it was only about a week and a half long tour. and about a couple of weeks after the tour um you know i was i kept with my practice routine of practicing 4 hours a day um and uh and then uh, one day i just had something go wrong i felt this really sharp pain in my my upper lip and i was like okay you know I'm not going to mess around with that right um and uh and so I just kind of put the horn away for a week and um, did other things, you know. Just like, okay, you know, I just got off tour. I've been working really hard all summer. I'll just take a break. And uh, then when I came back a week later, um, in that week amount of time, um, audition music for ensembles could go uh, had been posted, you know, pr- to prepare for ensembles. And to give you perspective, this is about the beginning of August of 2022 and uh so 3 weeks before the semester i guess and so i tried to come back a week later and things still didn't feel right and so my teacher at the time he told me just take another week off you'll be fine don't worry about it but i was still kind of starting to feel the heat a little bit because ensembles were coming up and the groups that I love to play in, the opportunities were were endless, right? I think at the time there was going to be another group going on tour to Spain and Portugal um, and uh, that I was really hoping to be in. And um, I was going to be helping part or helping start uh, a salsa band at our school and just more and more opportunity, playing opportunities were starting to come my way. So there's a lot of pressure coming my way to do well in in these auditions as I'm sure all of you people who have gone through college, uh, music school or are currently going through it can, can relate. Um, and when I came, try to come back after that second week of taking off, um, things still were not, uh, not working. In fact, I, uh, so I tried to come back slowly and surely and, and, uh, um, it didn't, quite hurt but it didn't feel right but i was like if i don't feel pain i'm just gonna keep going and so i came back slowly right i wasn't completely stupid about it i was stupid about it but not completely um and i just came back incrementally over the course of about a week and a half and then i started really digging into my audition rep right and i went home to visit my my folks to pennsylvania right before the semester I, um, came back and tried to play for about an hour and immediately when I put the horn to my chops, um, it was just very painful, right? The same place in the upper lip. I didn't know what was going on. I'd never experienced pain like that. Um, and, and uh, consistent pain like that in, on, in my chops, but that pressure for the ensembles and, uh, you know, performing well in auditions was still there. And, um, and uh, unfortunately, I made the decision to just play through it that day. And I practiced for probably about an hour on, on sore chops. Uh, not just short chops, but damaged chops, right? And um, the uh, I definitely paid the price for that. Um, that was about a week before the semester started. Um, it got to... Um, the point when I did end up auditioning for ensembles, um, I was able to get through the auditions and did pretty well in them. In fact, probably the best I had ever done, but I did them while going through pain, right? I I thought I'm, I definitely heard something, but I can still get a good sound. So I'm just going to keep going. And I'm telling you right now, that is a huge red light. Pain at, of any kind in, in your chops or anything that you need to, any in your body that you need to be able to play efficiently. Um, if anything is hurting, that is a surefire sign that you need to stop and probably ignored a few signals from your body before um, that you needed to stop and take a rest. Um, so anyway, about two weeks in, I'm in a wind symphony rehearsal and I take, um, it was that wind symphony rehearsal. I'll never forget that day because I was in pain the entire time. And eventually after the rehearsal, like I couldn't even get a note out at that point because it just hurt so bad. Um, and so I called my my teacher. He wasn't um, on campus at the time, but he said he'd come right away and, uh, and come see me, which I was very grateful for. And he taught me some things, uh, pedagogically, um, just technique things and fundamentals that would help me to be able to play more efficiently. And he said, Clark, if you're going to, um, like you either need to learn this now or you need to take some significant time off. He said at the time it was three weeks. He's like, you need to take three weeks off. And for me at the time, like taking three weeks off was such a just abnormal, just not, not in my um, frame of thought at all. Just was so foreign to me to take that much time off because the prevailing thought in trumpet world is that uh, if you take one day off, probably you'll notice it, but nobody else will. If you take two days off, trumpet players will notice it. If you take three days off, everyone's going to notice, right? And so I didn't want to have that kind of social pressure on me. But then I realized something. I was like, so I asked him, I I asked him, I said, if I don't learn this, even if I do heal up, I'm probably going to end up right back here eventually, right? And he's like, yeah there's just some fundamental things that I was doing wrong that, that went back to how I learned how to play the trumpet 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, and, uh, and so I just decided in that moment that I was going to take, I was going to drop all of my ensembles and just take as much, well, take th- those three weeks off. Right. Um, to, to heal up and then come back and, come back with a clean slate to be able to learn relearn that that uh that new way of well for me it was a new way of playing. And um that was a very difficult decision to make. But you know there there's sometimes in your life when those bittersweet decisions come where you know that you have to do something but you don't want to do it, but you know it's the best thing for you. This was probably the Biggest moment of that type of in my life, right? Because I knew that I wanted to be a trumpet player, and I knew that I wanted to um, to teach trumpet and to to perform. But uh, I knew that I, I realized then that if I continued down the path that I was going, that um, that I was not going to be able to sustain that to sustain that dream, um, and. That solidified, that belief solidified for me when I went and took a lesson with another professor. At the time we, we had, um, we were in the middle of a search for a new trumpet professor at our school. And so we had a couple of um, adjunct professors kind of sharing the load. And And I went to one of their houses to take a lesson. And I'll never forget that, that lesson because it changed my outlook on my recovery and my career as a trumpet player and my life forever. Um, she showed me that uh, um, basically the efficient way to play the trumpet and that playing the trumpet does not have to be um, as physically intense as lifting weights or like a a long um, workout is. Because up to that point, I thought that, you know, the more air that you put into the horn, the bigger your sound is going to be and the best it's going to sound. And for some people that may work, but for me... Um, that, that definitely wasn't going to work, especially with things that were going on with my embouchure at the time, but I don't want to necessarily get into the technical stuff. Um, because I know that doesn't necessarily apply to, to everyone out there that, that you guys, uh, all of you guys that are listening aren't trumpet players. So, um, but the principle that I learned is that, um, playing a musical instrument does not have to be something that is kind of a weight on my shoulders that I that I a necessary weight, but um, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, and that I, I learned that in the, in that lesson that the way that I was going, I remember this clear as day because I and I honestly believe. So I'm I'm a, a, a Christian, yeah. and I believe that that my Savior was telling me through His Spirit, to, um, teaching me these things because He wanted me to. To succeed, he wanted me to um, to be a trumpet player, and uh, or to do what I loved. More importantly, and to help others um, in in their quest to do what they love. And what I felt like he was telling me was that he said, "Clark, I love that you were doing this. uh, That you're working so hard. I love that you're working so hard. But the way you were going was." He said "But the way that you were going was hurting you, and because of who you are, the, the stubborn guy that you are, uh, you needed a, a stumbling block to wake you up. You needed a wake-up call, and this was your wake-up call that, that I chose to, you, to, chose to give you or chose to give you. And this is what I have planned for you. And when I, when I kind of saw my potential learning this new technique on the trumpet and also in my life, I saw kind of the person who I could become and uh, how I could use that to help other people and um, be able to take what I've learned and apply it to all facets of my life. You know, the trumpet could be something that enriched my life, that taught me a bunch of life lessons about um, different areas of life, you know, like relationships, um, you know, our physical health, mental health and things like that. And then, like I said, I would be able to use that to help other people. And that's something that I really believe that all of us who are going through injury, one of the reasons that we've been given that experience um, is to be able to help other people going through it. I think we're all on this earth to learn how to help each other and to love each other. And um, we'll and i I firmly believe that one day we will give an uh, uh, an accounting to to God um or whatever you believe um, but that we will kind of be held accountable for for what we chose to do and how we chose to use our experiences um and so that experience basically taught me to it, it was the it was the um beginning of me learning how to trust the process because uh, without that experience, I would have been way more in the dumps uh, emotionally. And I'm not saying that that I haven't been because of that experience because I definitely have had the um, worst mental health um, trials because of this experience um, in the last year and a half. It's been a year and a half since, since that day or almost a year and a half. And I... Uh, I learned um, a few weeks later, um, well, I'll share this. I'll share this experience. Um, a couple weeks later, I was taking lessons from a, a different uh, teacher who had also gone through his own injury experience. Um, in a lot of ways, he's the inspiration for why I do this This show. Um, and we'll uh, have him on the show here pretty soon. Um but he, the day before I started coming back, the day before I started coming back on the, on the trumpet, he took the whiteboard in his office and he divided it into three parts. And he said, okay, this is what you were doing pedag- from a pedagogical standpoint that was incorrect, and this is how you fix it. And then this is what you were doing from a psychological standpoint that contributed to your injury, and this is how you fix it. And that was like the heavens just kind of shone down on me. It's like, Clark, you're finally learning what I want you to learn about this injury and get from it what I want you to get because this injury ended up changing every aspect of my life. Um, It was then that I started taking better care of myself that I started going to bed earlier and um, started eating right um, more recently I've started going back to the gym, um, that I wasn't able to do for other health reasons. Um, and that became a huge, uh, help for me in my, in my progression. Um, just taking my care of myself, uh, physically and mentally, um, therapy has also been a huge part of my, of my recovery. Um, and, What my hope is, as I'm sharing all of this to you, um, is that you can see how this experience that you have been given um, in your injury has um, been a gift for you. That it is something that you can use to your advantage. That it's actually the um, stepping stone to you becoming your best self. That it it is because of your injury that you become your best self um and as you learn to trust the process of your recovery whether you just got hurt you you know you're just at the beginning of your injury or if you're um starting to come back which is its own animal or if you know it's something that happened a while ago is that you can use that experience to um help others in their own that you can use your experience to, to really show up for yourself and to really, really learn what it means to live a, a holistically well life. Um, since, that, since that day and in my professor's office, I've learned so much about Celebrating small wins, and also um, recognizing the uh, steps backwards, but not focusing on them, and um, really just the fact—I mean, this is a, this is probably the biggest thing I think that is applicable to every um, every injury, right? Um, no matter how how it happened, whether it was an overuse injury or something traumatic that happened, um, is that you can't put a timeline on your recovery. You can't put your own artificial timeline on your body recovering, um, or your mind recovering or both in most cases. Um, because it's usually when we try to do that, try to put an artificial timeline on our, on our recovery that that's when most of the, um, uncomfortableness comes and so the peace comes when we take away our artificial timeline and uh, and um, just let it do its course to to exercise patience you know the logo for my show for for our show is um, is a plant that's growing and you can't rush a tree growing and sometimes that tree gets, has to get cut back a little bit, which is an, uncomf- or was a, which is an uncomfortable experience. But the principle is, is that that pruning and that growing, even though it takes time, and it is not the most comfortable experience, it will ultimately make the tree stronger. Uh, you can't rip up the, the seedling and see how the roots are doing to see how long it's gonna take to, for it to grow because that'll just destroy the plant and in your recovery you can't um constantly be hyper evaluating yourself because um it's just not going to bear any fruit for you it's not going to be effective for you that's not to say don't set goals for your recovery that's not to say um record your progress in fact those are very healthy things to do and and very important things to do um especially if you're going to end up helping other people down the road going through injury. But the principle is just to take away the need for it to happen on your timeline. It will happen on your body's timeline. If you're a person of faith, it'll happen on God's timeline. And you will be able to, if you pay attention You will be able to see and learn the lessons from it that you will, um, that you need to, uh, that you need to learn from it. So, guys, keep on keeping on. Um, If you have any questions or people you want to have on, you would like to see have, uh, if you have any. If there any is it if there's anybody that you would like to have on the show, like to see on the show that you feel has a story of injury that would be beneficial to others, uh shoot me an email at trustprocess.com. Or I'm sorry. At trustprocess@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's uh the domain name I was able to secure for the email. Um apparently trust the process is a popular email name. Or just shoot me a, a DM in Instagram or Facebook. Um, And uh, until next time, keep on keeping on and and trust the process. Thanks for listening into our conversation today. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. To see a full bio for our guest today, see the show notes or go to our website at trusttheprocesspodcast.com. To see a full bio for our guest today, see the show notes or go to our website at trusttheprocesspodcast.com. Make sure you share this with a musician you care about who's going through injury or a music educator in your life, or anyone just trying to make it in life. If you have a suggestion for a guest or topic to cover, shoot me an email at trustprocesspodcast at gmail.com, or send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. Before we go, I just want to give a heartfelt thank you and shout out to my team, Daniel Baldwin, who is my audio engineer, Kevin West, who does all music and sound effects for the show, and my sister Dana Lovell, who created the logo and promotional materials. We wouldn't have this show without them. So tune in next time for another episode of Trust the Process.